We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. We are joined by former Chiefs standout quarterback, CBS analyst, Mr. Trent Green, to talk a little Chiefs Super Bowl, kind of put a bow on the season. We're going to kind of extend this celebration, Trent, for as long as we possibly can. Uh, keep and talking about Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, what t- loaded kind of softball type question. But just how special was this Chiefs season for you? How much did you enjoy kind of your seat and, and watching kind of how it all unfolded? You know, BJ, it's great being on here with you. Happy for all your success. Uh, I think you. Chiefs Kingdom uh, should enjoy this. Uh, it's not just a one-week celebration or a one-month celebration. This is something that will last until the next season starts and they crown another champion. But the thing is, this, this championship lasts forever. And that's the thing as a player, when you get a championship, you know it lasts forever. Uh, and then you'll get to do like the reunion things like I do with my 99 Rams team. We get back together. And, uh, and you know, now living in Kansas City and being around the Chiefs, I, I get to see a bunch of my former teammates that I played with for the, for the Chiefs or, and with the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, this is something they should, uh, they should enjoy for a long, long time. But my impressions on the season, you know, there's a lot of great things that, that went on this year. And, and I think the thing that impressed me the most is, all of the stuff uh, nationally and, and all of the talk nationally was about the changes in the AFC West and how difficult the AFC West was going to be and how the Chiefs, by losing Tyreek Hill, they hadn't replaced him. They lost a bunch of key pieces on the defense, losing Tyron Matthew, lo- losing Hitch, who was their leader in the middle of that defense. Uh, they had decided to move on from some guys and, and were going really young in the secondary. Uh, they brought in Justin Reed, but it was... You know, who's going to be that leader? Who are going to be the corners? Who's going to be the guys that step up? And, and yeah, they had Snead coming back, who was very successful early on, but was he going to be able to sustain it now that he's going to be the guy? And and so there were a lot of questions on the defensive side. There were questions on the offensive side. Was the offensive line going to be able to hold up? Were they going to be able to stay healthy? How are you going to protect Patrick Mahomes? 
you know, then you have what's going on with the Raiders, Devontae Adams, and all this action going on with the Raiders. And then the Russell Wilson trade in Denver. And then, hey, the Chargers, you know, they were knocking on the door. They're right there, and Justin Herbert's ready to roll. And they got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and they've got this great defense and Joey Bosa. It's like everybody's talking about the rest of the division and what the Chiefs have lost, and they lost sight of the fact that you still have Andy Reid, you still have Eric Bieniemy, you still have Patrick Mahomes, you still have Travis Kelsey, Steve Spagnuolo's coming back as defensive coordinator, you still got uh, Nick Bolton and Chris Jones. You've got some guys, you know, that have a lot of pride in what they do, and they're really good players and really good coaches. And so I think nationally there was a, a lost perspective into, hey, somebody's got to knock these guys off. They're not just gonna they're not just gonna hand it over because everybody's talking about these other teams and about the division. And I know the the, the beginning part of the schedules for the Chiefs was incredibly difficult based on what. Uh, the records were the previous season. So I think they have to take a lot of pride in it. And, uh, you know, you consider when the season ended, now they're world champs. They only lost three games all year. One was by three points. One was by four points. One was by three points. You can throw the one against the Colts. That just happens. Sometimes that happens. The Colts didn't end up being who we thought the Colts were going to be. But they, everybody thought they were going to be one of the better teams when the season started. And then, of course, the Bengals and Buffalo, uh, when you play them in the regular season, we knew, everybody knew that was going to be, uh, those were going to be classic-type games. So uh, I think they have to take a lot of pride in what they were able to accomplish this season, not only from a world championship standpoint, but from a, uh, you know, what was what they were facing going into the season in terms of what the narrative was around the country and around the football world. I, I've struggled with this trend in trying to figure out and trying to give as much grace as possible to a lot of the national media and things that are said and that, you know, not everybody is going to be as all in on the Chiefs as Chiefs Kingdom is right. and trying to figure out if if some of the the negative commentary that we've all seen over the last couple of weeks, all the receipts are being brought up right now. Right, right. But like, is it is it disingenuine because they just want to rile up Chiefs fans, which is kind of my takeaway for a lot of it, is that we are very good at giving engagement to anybody that doesn't say that we're the best team. Everybody's going to kind of attack in socially in a social media way, kind of bring that up and quote tweet and talk about how wrong this person is. It's just like there's that fine line of somebody just having a different opinion versus kind of gaslighting uh, right. the fan base and just kind of bringing up you know, these comments, knowing that we're going to give the engagement, also just understanding that some people just from the outside on paper looking, Tyree Kill's gone, all the other people you just mentioned, uh, and what what could the Chiefs do when everybody else in the division got better? So on paper, I understood where it was coming from. It just, some, especially leading into the Super Bowl, so many people were picking against the Chiefs that it's like, have we just created this environment where people know if you say something negative about the Chiefs, from a business digital analytics numbers standpoint, it's going to be very fruitful for you because the numbers are going to be very good as Chiefs Kingdom goes to tell you how how wrong uh, you are. So I try. I struggled with that, and I still struggle with that now. Trying to give people the ability to have takes on the Chiefs that aren't as positive as ours uh, without thinking they're just trying to rile us up. Because some well, and and BJ, you know, because of the business that you're in. Uh, it's about driving numbers, right? Whether it's radio, TV, podcasts, TV stations, games, uh, even broadcasting games. I know at CBS, you know, there's certain games we promote 
more heavily than other games. And, and, and because it's those matchups, everybody wants to tune in to see whether it's against Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow or, uh, the, the, the defenses and the way they're going to attack or, you know, Andy Reid against the other head. I mean, there's different ways that you yeah. promote games and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of it is to, uh, to push the narrative, push some buttons, uh, you know, you can make a big statement and all of a sudden it garters a bunch of national attention. Uh, and so I think there, I think there was a lot of that going into the season and listen, losing Tyreek Hill was a huge loss. He proved that by the numbers he put up going to Miami and, and what he was able to accomplish in that offense, which isn't near, you know, the type of offense or, or what was expected from an offensive standpoint between the chiefs and what the dolphins do. But so give him credit, give Tua credit, you know, they were able to put up some big numbers and it would have been interesting to see how the dolphins did had Tua been able to stay healthy. But, uh, but yeah, it worked out well for, uh, for Tyreek. He got the money, got the money he wanted, got the numbers he wanted. Uh, and it worked out well for the chiefs because they've got another banner. They got another ring and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is a hot button though, because as you know, for years, Everybody hated the Patriots. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. it seems like the Chiefs are wearing that hat. I said for years, like, to Chiefs fans, like, don't become Patriots fans. Like, don't take this for granted. Don't become entitled. And now, it's like they didn't allow Chiefs fans to celebrate this for too long before they just started. We see it as, like, just trying to tear us down, just trying to say all these these negative things. Uh, but they couldn't let us enjoy it for a little bit. Now, we just have to kind of embrace being the villain. And being the team that everybody uh, outside of Kansas City is not rooting for, they're rooting for the next team, the next young group. Uh, but you mentioned Tyreek and his numbers. I, Andy Reid made a comment. You guys kind of got to read between the lines. I thought was at least caught my attention when he was asked about Tyreek. I think it was during media night at the Super Bowl, and he just said, and I don't know the tone, but I read it. Uh, it said, you know, Tyreek got a lot of money. He got a lot of yards. He's really happy. It's <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> like that's. Oh, but he's in. You don't need we'll to be here at the Super Bowl, but he got his yards. He got his money. He's happy. You don't. No. You don't need to hear it, but you know what the tone was, and I know what the tone was. Having having heard Andy talk enough, and uh, knowing how he felt about the whole situation, they felt like they'd offered him a fair contract. They said, "Listen, you're not going to be the highest paid." He's like, "Well, I want to be the highest paid." They accommodated the trade. He got what he wanted. Chiefs got what they wanted, uh, and. Uh, so yes, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Andy enjoyed. You know, he finds different ways. You know, if you go through all of his press conferences and what he's able to say, and when he says it, how he says it, uh, he gets his jabs in when he wants to get his jabs in. But he does it in a very subtle way that uh, you know doesn't doesn't make too many people mad. I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast. I've said this several times behind the scenes, and people ask about being around Andy Reid and pressers and this and that. And the thing that always stood out to me, and you could tell. Not that he was annoyed, but that he kind of bopped a reporter back if they asked him some sort of football X's and O's type question. Trent, what he would say is, well, I know you spend a lot of time watching film, so this is probably what you see. And that's his nice way of saying, you don't know what you're asking me, and I'm annoyed to have to answer this in a way that you might understand. It's the way that he says it. The reporter might not take it that way, but anybody who's been in those pressers before is like, don't ask a follow-up. That is your, right. that just, you are done. That is your questions. Move on. I think from you here. know, but you don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I do want to ask you about something I know you do know about. And I, I'm curious on this. I don't think I've ever asked you this from all the time that we spent together when I was working at the chiefs, because you got a, an up close look and there are, there are a few of us and I'm, I take pride in being able to speak very definitively about 
you know, like Alex Smith's role in bringing Mahomes along that first training camp where we were covering, we were all talking about him, that going back to when you were first meeting Mahomes and he was kind of absorbing everything from being around um, Alex Smith and all that, at what point did, not that you knew that he was going to be what he's showing to be right now, not that anybody could have projected that, but at what point did you understand that it was beyond the physical abilities that he had. And he really understood football in a way that he and Andy Reid could kind of see the game in a similar way that probably only coaches or guys that have played that position, obviously you being one, could really appreciate his football knowledge. Because I don't think it's ever gotten enough credit until this year, and he didn't have Tyreek. It was about spreading the ball around and all those different things. Was there a moment early on in his career that you remember just being really impressed with him outside of the physical stuff that he was doing? Well, I think for me, and and uh, it would be crazy for me to say, oh, I knew he was going to throw for 50 touchdowns. I knew he was going to get MVP the first year he was the starter. I knew he was going to go to multiple Super Bowls. I mean, that would be crazy for me to say. Nope, nobody, everybody hoped that, but I don't right. think anybody knew that. And and I think the thing for me, that first training camp when he was backing up Alex, you saw the raw talent. I mean, all that was there. The different throwing angles, the crazy throw, all that kind of stuff. You knew that was all there. I remember uh, the second training camp when they had decided to move on from Alex, which a lot of people forget. Alex Smith was the highest rated quarterback in the NFL when they all of a sudden say, hey, we're going to move on from Alex. We're going to Patrick Mahomes. I know we got the highest rated quarterback in the NFL, um, but we see something this guy. We've traded, you know, we moved up. We've positioned ourselves to get this guy. and We think this is the time for this guy to get an opportunity. And and BJ, you can remember that first training camp where he's declared the starter and it's his team and he's the man and Alex Smith barely threw an interception in his whole career, let alone as the chief. And they had a daily tab on how many, what his completion percentage was, how many interceptions he had in one-on-one drills, uh, how many balls were overthrown in routes versus air. What did he do in the blitz drill? What did he do in third down packages? What did he do in the red zone? What he did in two-minute drill? I just remember, and, and we we fortunately, as a preseason crew, got a chance to do a sit-down with him, and he just was so calm, and he was under control, and he said, I'm just learning. I'm just trying to figure this all out, what guys I can count on, what guys I can't, what I can do, what I can't do. And he wasn't paying attention to the daily tabs that the local reporters were doing about his interception rate and his completion percentage because he had a bigger idea in mind. And, and I think those conversations yeah. he had at the time with Mike Kafka, at the time with Matt Nagy, and, and, and with Andy Reid, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy at that time was still the running back coach. So because yeah. of those conversations, what he was starting to get done and what he wanted to get done. So for me, I remember the conversations having with him about what he was trying to get done at training camp in the preseason. But what really stands out to me is the conversations I had with Andy Reid. And I had talked to him about, okay, you moved on from Alex Smith, and it's been talked about throughout Alex's, you know, career, how quickly he picks up an offense and how expanded, you know, the playbook can be and how expanded the game plan can be, uh, what you can do on game day because he can learn it quickly, he can translate it quickly, and he can and he can get it to the play. I said, how much have you had to scale back with Patrick Mahomes? He's only in his second year. It's not like he's been in this offense a long time. But you go from a, a vet guy like Alex, you go to Patrick Mahomes, and Andy looked at it and he's like, I haven't scaled back anything. He's like, this kid's unbelievable. His retention, what he's able to understand from a protection standpoint or run game standpoint, 
what we want to get done. And then guess what? If all of that breaks down, he's got these incredible tools that will improvise and just make things happen. And I remember sitting there and I'm listening to to, to coach and I'm like, okay, coach, this can't, I mean, this guy's <laughs> in his second year. I mean, you're telling me he loves as much as a, a, a double digit vet, you know, he, he can. And I remember thinking that, of course, I don't say that to him, but I'm thinking it to him. I'm like, okay, I want to see this translate. I know we see all the stuff on the, well, then you get to the, you get to the regular season and you see all that stuff. And next thing you know, it's stacking up. Oh, guess what? The interceptions drop. The completion percentage goes up. What he's able to do at the line of scrimmage. And then as Andy had said in training camp, when things break down and go haywire, what this kid's able to do uh, from arm angles, he he breaks every quarterback rule manual there ever was where don't run to your left and throw back to your, or don't run to your right and throw back to your left. Or don't run to your left and throw back to your right. And, Never throw late over the middle. You throw late over the middle, bad things are going to happen. All those things, the unwritten rules, you know, he's rewritten all of that and and really has changed the way the quarterback position is played. So for me, uh, I wish there was that aha moment, uh, but I think it was because of the conversations I had with him, because of the conversations I had with Andy Reid, and then seeing that carry over from the practice and the preseason to what he was able to accomplish that first season as a starter uh, it, it really just kind of solidified everything that Andy had talked about, that John Dorsey had talked about, you know, that, that Brett Veach had talked about, and uh, and ultimately, you know, now we're we're seeing multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowl wins, and um, just continues to amaze us all. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. I remember the one story that always there's a there's a handful of them, but the it was always training camp OTAs. Those were the times because it was a lot more access. There's a lot more as they're not as buttoned up as they are during the season. Yeah. Once you get the training camp, it gets a little 
um, more buttoned up. But I remember one of the staffers telling me a story about the last day of mandatory minicamp, the OTA practices, like middle of June before they're off for like six weeks and they get ready for training camp that, you know, they, it was that, that first year he was going to be the starter, the year that he had 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. And that last mini camp practice, they, they as in the coaching staff had decided is what I heard, you know, after the fact, but that Bob Sutton who's a defensive coordinator at the time and a very complex defense, a lot of crazy blitzes, a lot of exotic things that he likes to do that they had intentionally not shown him him being Mahomes, a number of these things, and they intentionally saved it to try to stump him on that last OTA day. So he felt like he was behind. So he would spend the next five weeks studying, kind of going into that five week break, feeling like, oh man, I really got to be on top of this. And so that's kind of the the mental thing that they were going to do with him. And he absolutely torched the defense on unscouted <laughs> looks and answered absolutely everything. And I was told that Bob Sutton walking off the field like Andy turns to look at him like, what just happened? And Bob just threw his hands up like, I don't know what to do. Like we just threw a bunch of stuff at him he's never seen before. And it was told it was leading into training camp. It was like, if what we saw and what everybody thinks translates to like game action, this is going to be special. And so like that was right. the time for me and talk with the players about the crazy throws. But it was the, we tried to throw everything at him mentally and he just, he could process it. He knew what to do and he just understood based on the rules they have, how to kind of combat whatever was happening, even if you hadn't seen it before. So that's the story I always remember of like, Bob, I just can imagine like Bob throwing up his hands, like, I don't oh, know yeah, what to I, do. I just, this, kid just, this kid just torched us. But all right, I want, Trent, I want your favorite story from the Chiefs, either be from the preseason and all the production meetings and all the kind of access you get traveling with team, all of that, either from the preseason or regular season, you know, calling Chiefs games, hearing things throughout the year, just your favorite story on the Chiefs this year that you were a part of or that you witnessed conversations that you had um, that weren't on camera, that, that we might not have heard before um, on kind of this Super Bowl run. I love these anecdotal kind of behind-the-scenes stories. Do you have one that stands out to you from covering the Chiefs this year? There is one, and, and I've shared it a little bit. I don't know how many of your your listeners and viewers have heard it. Uh, I didn't talk about it a lot. Um, it was, uh, for me, it was it was with Chris Jones. When I first got to camp, and I and I try and I try and get up to St. Joe a handful of times prior to the preseason starting, just because I'm I'm doing the games, I'm broadcasting the games, and so I want to get an idea mainly about the new players and what I'm going to see. And I remember getting up to training camp this year, and Chris Jones to me looked lighter, he looked quicker, uh, he looked more serious, and just the practices I was having with him. So we're only allotted to to visit with certain players per week. If I get lucky to catch a guy walking up and down the hill, I'll talk to him kind of informally, that type of thing. But uh, I remember watching Chris early in training camp and then getting a chance to talk to him during a production meeting. And I brought those things up. I said, Chris, you look leaner. You look faster. Your conditioning looks better. And he said, I said, was there a reason for that or, or, you know, what, what kind of sparked that? And he said, he said, I feel like I let the team down and I let, I let an opportunity down. Because there were a couple of plays in that Cincinnati game, and I'm talking about the AFC Championship game from a couple years ago when Cincinnati won. Mm -hmm. He said, I felt like there was a couple plays in that game that I was just that close to making the play. And had I been a little leaner, had I been a little faster, had I been a little better shape, whatever it may be, 
I feel like had I made those plays, that we would have won the game and been in the Super Bowl. So I used that as motivation for this past offseason. And he said, my diet's different, my training was different, my conditioning is different. So all those things you're seeing are true. And it was the motivation from the previous year's AFC Championship game. Well, now, moving ahead to this year's AFC Championship game and the impact that Chris had in that game and the impact that he had disrupting Joe Burrow and that offense and what he was able to do. So for me, I was sitting back as a fan watching that game thinking, what a cool, what a cool moment for yeah. Chris Jones, right? I mean, this is 365. He's been thinking about the AFC Championship game and, oh, guess what? It's against the Bengals again, <laughs> and it's going to be coming down to the wire again, and now you're going to get an opportunity to make the play, and he does make the play. I mean, so for yeah. me, it, uh, I, I just – as a former player, as a broadcaster, as a fan, I just thought that was the coolest moment. And I, w- I was so happy for Chris Jones. And because I know, I mean, I know how that is. I mean, there's still stuff. It's been, you know, this this was my 14th season since I played. Um, there's still stuff I think about for my career. Not that I have any regrets, but it's, it's you think about different plays, different moments, different opportunities that come up. And it's just, it's just human nature. And uh, so I, th- I thought that for me, that's what really stands out is that Chris Jones had had that in his head going into the preseason, had that in his head in terms of his preparation, what he wanted to do. And then against the same team in the same situation, he's able to come up with the plays. Uh, for me, that was that was just a really cool moment. That's cool. That's special. And anybody's been around Chris and kind of just watched him develop throughout his career. It's been a it's been a fun, special thing to watch. And uh, yeah, I think he's submitted, you know, his, you know, place in Chiefs history and his legacy with that game. And that was kind of the talk going into that game and, and the parallels from the year before. And I think he even put on social media, I think he did it two years in a row where he basically just put it out there. Like the day after the game is like, we will be in the Super Bowl next year. It's like, save this tweet. And then everybody yeah. brought it back up. Like, Hey, he manifested this into reality. And yeah. to your point, basically created a very perfect you know, kind of follow-up storyline uh, to the year before. Trent, what was more impressive for you uh, between the two Super Bowl wins with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and company? Was it Super Bowl 54 and that kind of first run that they had uh, beating San Francisco down in, in Miami, or was it this year? And not necessarily the game, but just the season in general. Is there one that stands out to you as being more impressive, knowing that well, equally I, very impressive? Yeah, I was going to say, it's... it's uh... It's not an easy thing to do. The Super Bowl, even though even though Patrick Mahomes, Andy, I mean, they're all making it seem like it's an easy thing to do. Oh, we're gonna get to the AFC. Oh, we're gonna host the AFC Championship. Oh, we're going to another Super Bowl. It's not an easy thing to do. I know uh, what it takes as a player. Uh, I know the commitment it takes, and I know it also takes some good luck. You've got to be healthy. You've got to have a favorable schedule. You got to have weather on a certain day that helps you. I mean, there's just so many factors. They go into it, and uh, so since you're asking me the question between between the two Super Bowls, for me, I would think the one that stands out more is is 54, just because Patrick it was his first one. Uh, Andy had never won one, and still had that uh, kind of lurking over his his place in history. Right, uh, Andy Reid, are you going to be? Uh, a guy, you know, are you going to be a Marv Levy? Are you going to be a Mar- Marty Schottheimer? Are you going to be, you know, a guy that, that gets close to the big game or gets to the big game 
and and are you able to finish it? And so I think the pressure that Andy felt, the pressure that Patrick felt as as a young quarterback and a first time participant, uh, the pressure of playing for a team that hadn't won a Super Bowl in fifty years. There's great history and great tradition around the Kansas City Chiefs and around Lamar Hunt and the Hunt family. And so for me, I think the bigger one was 54 because of all those things coming together. Uh, And then the way and the manner in which they did it. Uh, I know this is a memorable Super Bowl. This is going to go down in history as one of the best Super Bowls. There's a lot of great storylines, obviously Andy and Billy and and that, the the Kelsey brothers. You got, you know, there's a lot of incredible storylines uh, to 57. But I think for me, 54 was a bigger deal uh, just by a little bit, but I think it was a bigger deal. Yeah, I'll always be a little bit biased just towards 54 just because I had a great view of that one and a great <laughs> understanding of that one. This one was was special just because of some of the context and like the Chris Jones story that you mentioned, obviously the Tyreek thing we talked about all year. Uh, but another one of those storylines that is going to follow this team from this offseason moving forward. And I'm curious your thoughts because you obviously have a personal connection. You've known him for a very long time, but uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, after 10 years with the Chiefs leaving uh, to go be the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator in Washington for the Commanders with Ron Rivera, uh, just what what's surprised you or what stands out to you about that move based on your history with him and just uh, so much talk about him and the head coaching stuff? It's just what was your reaction uh, when you heard the rumors and then you know it kind of played itself out over... Uh, length of time, but what stood out to you about you know EB leaving? I'm I'm happy for for Eric. Uh, for people that don't know, I've known I've known Eric since I was in my early 20s. Uh, I was a rookie with the San Diego Chargers, and he had been with the team for a couple of years. So here I was, 23 years old, um, and and he had and brought as much energy that he brings to the field as a coach as he did he did that as a player. He did that in the locker room. Um, he was always prepared. He, you know, so I, I'm I'm extremely happy for Eric. I think this is even though it, it seems like a lateral move because offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, but he's also going to be assistant head head coach. Uh, he's going to be more of the full time play caller. I know over the years that he's been offensive coordinator, there have been points in time within the course of games uh, that Andy's let him call the plays. Uh, they've been very open about that. That there have been opportunities for that, just like he did with Matt Nagy, just like he did with Doug Peterson. Um, you know, Andy does that, but for the most part, Andy's the play caller. So I think this is a great move for Eric. Uh, it, it provides more of an opportunity. Ron Rivera being a former player, being a head coach for a long time. You look at his staff, what he did in Carolina, what he's done in Washington, giving opportunities to former players to step up and and move up in their careers, move along in their careers. Uh, I think this is a move that has to happen uh, for Eric. If he ultimately wants to be a head coach, uh, I think he should have already been a head coach. Uh, I know he's interviewed for a number of uh, positions. I think Eric is a great leader, great motivator. He's not everybody's style. Uh, I think that's been proven out, the fact that he hasn't been hired as a head coach yet. I think as a player, you've got to want to be coached. There are certain players that want to be coached and want to be improved and and don't don't mind that demanding coach that wants the most of them. And that's Eric Bini. He's not you. You know EB. I mean, yeah. he's not going to mince it. He's not just going to sugarcoat it and like pat you on the back and make you feel good. I mean, he's going to say, if you want to get it done, you got to work. You got to put in the hours in the weight room, the meeting room, film study, studying your playbook. You got to come out here and be diligent, spend extra time. I mean, that's who he was as a player. That's who he is as a coach. 
Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to miss him. Uh, I know uh, it seems like a natural fit. I don't know what's been announced yet or hasn't been announced yet. It seems like a natural fit for for Matt Nagy to move back into that role. Um, if it hasn't been announced already, it's, it seems like that's a natural fit. But, uh, you know, I, I just think, Eric, who he is as a person, who he is as a coach, uh, it's going to be a big loss for the Chiefs. Uh, and I think it's an incredible opportunity for Eric because uh, I think he's going to shine. I think I think he's going to yeah. do well. And I think uh, you know what's given the opportunity. I think people are going to realize what type of leader he really is because I I think he's like I said I thought he was a special special player and uh, and I think he's a special coach and and he's a great leader of men. If you look at the running back when he was a running back coach, the running backs that he had and they were always prepared. They knew their assignments. They understood what was expected of them. And they were all physical, physical guys. And and he's a hard coach, not for everybody, but uh, but I think Ev is is gonna gonna do very well. I always loved, not that I ever played in the NFL, but I loved, like my college baseball coach was similar in that you knew where you stood with him. If he gave you a compliment, right. you earned it. He was not yeah. giving you stuff just to try to be nice and to sugarcoat things, uh, but you always knew exactly where you stood. And I think you put him around guys that want to be coached that way. And I think, you know, based on what we've seen on social media, Jamal Charles was one of those guys that wanted to be coached that way. He wanted to be coached hard. He wanted somebody, if he screwed up, to be in his face and to let him know because that's the way that he was going to fix it. If you put him around players that uh, respond well to that type, I think he'll get the most out of guys. That's why you have some players that used to play for him that would stand in front of a truck for him and they would do anything for him. And then you hear some players that are not fans of his probably not the players that like being told like you're not good enough. Like you're not where you need to be uh, compared to these other guys. And that doesn't always fit well with some guys, but yeah, I wish nothing but the best. I hope that outside of Kansas city, that Washington has the best offense in the NFL. And he gets that opportunity to, to kind of get away from, I don't say Andy Reid's shadow, but for those excuses for some on the outside who don't know him uh, that have made reasons why they think he hasn't been a head coach. Uh, because Andy Reid getting all the credit when it's good and when it's bad, it's it's not Andy Reid, it's everybody else who's around him. Uh, but but yeah, I curious your thoughts on on EB and how it's all going to play out. But I think it's a good situation for him. I think everybody yeah. that's I've ever talked to about Ron Rivera, I've had a chance to only talk with him a handful of times, but said nothing but positive things. Obviously, there's an Andy Reid connection there as well, so they all know each other. Um, but yeah, it'll be special to see how it all works. Out. Well, they got some, they have some good young receivers. They have a really good young running back. Uh, they got to figure out their quarterback situation. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with staying healthy, uh, and Ron Rivera is going to have a big, big part of that uh, in terms of who who's going to be the signal caller. But uh, he's going to have an opportunity to have some success. All right, that is Mister Trent Green joining us today on KCS and Update. Trent, man, we appreciate you stopping by. I know you're a busy guy. You've got volleyball games to get to, and and right. all kinds of you keep yourself busy. Uh, every time I yes. talk to you, you're on your on your way to doing something else but man we appreciate your time today thank you bz it's always always great catching up with you uh yeah there's a lot going on got uh you know ronald mcdonald house golf tournament i got coming up on june 5th so getting ready for that that uh, nice. up with them once again uh you know the drafts coming to kansas city so i'm sure i'll be involved in a couple different ways that way <laughs> uh it's it's non-stop but uh but volleyball dad is my number one hat that i wear uh, this time of year, and uh, I can't wait. I, I enjoy uh, support her and and uh, kind of her pursuit of things. But uh, always great catching up, BJ. 
Awesome. I'll see you uh, sometime before the preseason at O'Dowd's. I'm sure we'll have a meeting there. Like it seems like we've done every year, but I appreciate you stopping by and appreciate everybody for hanging out and listening again to this episode of KCS and update. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. I know it's the off season, but our draft content has already started. Make sure you check out the two shows a week that we've got dedicated towards the draft and all the interviews we've gotten with the prospects and players you need to know as we get closer to the NFL draft coming up here in just about nine weeks uh, right now, which seems like a long ways away, but you put out like 30 podcasts between now and then, Trent. It's not that much time. It's coming up quick. It, you know, the NFL, they've done the perfect marketing model, right? It just ne- it never ends. And uh, this yep. is just another step in it. Especially when you go to the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl, you've got a parade, and the next thing you know, it's like, we're 10 days away from the combine? Like, how did this happen? And here we are. But appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com